Uh, this is Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. I have a special guest with me, my wife. Hopefully she remembers I called her a special <laughs> guest. Um, we've been married for, for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together for what seems like an eternity now. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, we've been together for a long time. I don't even know how many years now. It's like um, nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah. We're getting close to ten. So I we, met, we met in high school, and we're together now. Mm-hmm. Um, so on this week's episode, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit personal uh, for Savannah and I. I think it would be a good episode, and um, I know there's probably a lot of people who, who probably struggle with this, who, who become believers and don't really know what to do. Um, so this title of this episode is is When Your Family Doesn't Believe. And both of us can relate to that um, in a lot of different ways, especially when I first started um, at this church and you first started. It was very obvious and, and kind of right out there. But, but Savannah, why don't you tell us about how you started coming to church, you know, your testimony, your salvation piece, and then kind of how that started to change your family dynamic. Yeah, um, so... I grew up in a household that wasn't Christian. Um, Most of my family isn't Christian today. Um, I have a set of grandparents who um, have some background in church, but growing up, church wasn't a thing for my family. And so for me, it also wasn't a thing. Um, My family is very driven by these ideas of the world. So it was kind of the whole grow up, be successful, you know, go to college, get a good job, and, mm-hmm. and you'll be set. Like, that's what you need to do to be happy and to live a good life. Um, well, then fast forward to freshman year of high school, um, I went to Germany. Um, so not everyone gets to do that, <laughs> but um, I got the chance to go to Germany and went over spring break. And um, our, like, mutual friend Ben was there, and that's how I met him. And once we came back, we had kept in communication, and he invited me to come to the meal ministry. And that was kind of my first step into the church realm. Like, it's not church, but mm-hmm. it was kind of where I got started. And even my family's like, yeah, volunteer work, like, that's great. Like, my head, I'm like, that looks good on college applications. Mm-hmm. I get to hang out with friends. So I went just because I liked volunteering. Um, and then that soon led into going to youth group because those were, like, the youth meal ministry nights. So I started coming to youth group and then Sunday nights, and it just kind of continued to grow more and more and more um, until late 2012, um, I think December, but it's been a few years now. Um, uh, that's when I accepted Jesus. So I believe it was, um, it might have been a Sunday morning. I might have been going in the morning at that point, mm-hmm. but we used to have these like visitor cards and I would mark on them. It'd be like interested in salvation, interested in Um, learning more about the church and I would just mark those all the time because I kind of knew there was something there but I didn't know church Mm -hmm. so I was like I think I think this is what I want Um, and luckily was able um, to get saved here at the church um, um, alongside with Pastor Jimmy he led me through prayer and everything with that Um, that's kind of when the big changes started happening I think Mm -hmm. my parents kind of thought church was more of a phase at first yeah. they were like oh she'll go um but probably not stick with it because they weren't against church i mean mm-hmm. they gave my siblings and i the opportunity to go um you know try out churches my sister she had done um 
like the school program. I don't remember. It was Kids Campus, I believe is what it was. Yeah, called. I don't remember what it was. The mm. name of it was, but you know, a bunch of like middle school kids, mm. high school kids get together. She had done that for a couple years. Um, I had gone with friends before. Once you know, you do sleepovers, and if that family goes to church, like it's expected, you go with them. Um, and they were always like, you know, when you get older, you know, you can try things out, kind of make the choice for yourself. But I think they assumed like we would all be like, uh, no, nah, not for us. But once it became more permanent, that's kind of when the dynamic between my family and I um, really started to shift. Um, it started to become more clear that um, my priorities were very different mm-hmm. and it kind of made me feel like I was standing out. Um, because I wasn't always kind of on board with the things that I used to be on board with, mm-hmm. um, which were a lot of the things they believed. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, with at least when I became a Christian and my whole drive and motivation had switched from, from doing things, you know, of the world to doing, you know, church things and, mm-hmm. and youth group. And, and I, you know, when, uh, mom, hardly was able to drive us places or things like that because she was working. Um, so I would walk from, you know, a couple miles a lot of times uh, to the church or to the meal or whatever. Or Scott here, a deacon here, would come and pick me up. And so he'd have help to <laughs> shovel the snow or to um, do all these things. And I remember, you know, anytime I'd be like, well, you know, I got church this day or I got youth group this day or, you know, I'm going down to the meal that day. Um, I remember always like, oh, you you hang out with with them more than you do us. That came up a lot. <laughs> um, so I think that a lot of times happens to, to a lot of people when they're the first people in their family really to have a relationship with Christ um, because your priorities do change and the mm-hmm. dynamic definitely changes. Um, and I know at least with, with your family, you know, when we started to, to date or, or, you know, and all those things, um, I always felt like like they felt like I was taking you away almost mm-hmm. um, when it wasn't me it was Jesus um, that because it, it's not like we were you know going on dates we were mm-hmm. going to church we yeah. were at church and and we're or we're at the meal or whatever it might be um, and I think that was a huge piece for me early on at least with your side of the family um, was thinking that you know I was not doing something right or um, I guess not. I was doing something wrong in the sense that um, I was taking you away from a worldly lifestyle, mm-hmm. I guess, from not drinking or not doing these quote unquote, everybody does these types mm-hmm. things. Um, like I know, like when you were in college and they would always not, I guess pressure is probably not the right word, mm-hmm. but say, you know, talk about drinking and that's just mm-hmm. something we don't do yeah um because you know that's just you know we both mutually agree on not drinking and you went to italy you went yeah. everywhere <laughs> yeah um, i've traveled here yeah. and there and i'm gonna say this but i know what you're gonna say after um and she never takes me anywhere to go to that's these places not true. she just leaves me behind that's not i've tried you have no interest, yeah, see, yeah, but these were these were all school-related trips too, so it's a very different yeah. situation. <laughs> but you didn't even drink wine. Yeah, in, that in was Italy. that was a big deal too. Like I would have thought that it would have been fine that they wouldn't have cared that much, but it was like it was mm-hmm. up there as one of the top things of like why wouldn't you do that? Like 
almost like I messed up like mm-hmm. traveling the world it was like oh you did that wrong and I was like I had a great time <laughs> like I don't I didn't need to drink the wine yeah to experience Italy or to to go to these different parties in college mm-hmm. or or those types of things um and I know you even you know had some things with friends and stuff like that that yeah. probably every but every Christian who goes to college and doesn't you know refrains from that lifestyle mm-hmm. probably has but i know it's a lot more difficult when it comes from your family than when it just comes from you know a quote unquote friend or or whatever so i know that you know when when that started to change and i i know my 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 especially for me like my speech and things like that started to change um because i used to cuss and mm-hmm. and say very vulgar vulgar things um and um, I remember a moment with my mom um, before she was saved uh, is um, I remember we got in an argument about something. I don't remember what it was. And um, she started yelling and mom was just like I was. She used some <laughs> choice words here, here or there. <laughs> Such a um, nice way to put it. And uh, um, she was saying, you know, this and this. And, and I, I know for for sure that I probably, I shouldn't have handled it the way that I did. But, you know, anger mm-hmm. tends to put you in a place oh, where yeah. you shouldn't be. Yeah. And I remember I remember telling mom when we were arguing, um, could you please not say those words? And, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, she she mentioned a lot of things of the to fact that, uh, you know, you think because, you know, you're a Christian that you're better than, than me or, mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that was never the case. And I know it's not the case with, with your side of the family uh, or any of that. But it's just those types of moments, I think, that you tend to wonder. It's like, man, I'm a lot different mm-hmm. than my family. Um, I'm a lot more different than, um, you know, how they think about things, their worldview, the way mm-hmm. that they view um, good things and, and bad things. And, um, you know, the Jesus tends to change your life completely upside down. And not everybody's on board with that or even happy about mm-hmm. that. So I know there's been a lot of moments like that. Um, but, you know, with all these moments and the pressure to, you know, because you want your family to, to, I guess, be proud of you in a sense. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, to, to just be proud of the things, I guess, that you're doing. And you would think. Mm-hmm. that church-related things like volunteering at the meal and, um, you know, serving and those mm-hmm. types of things would be like, man, you would think that that would be, your family would look at, on you and that, okay, you're doing something good. But I know that wasn't the case, it seemed, I guess, mm-hmm. with your family. Yeah, at least early on, even now still some of it today, um, not so much. Um, I don't notice it as much anymore, but that was kind of the challenging part was, you know, like I would have these things that were church related that I'd be so excited about. I mean, like being the children's church director, like I don't like I think that's an amazing thing that I get to do. Like I went to school to be a teacher. So like there's still like there's that passion of just working with kids and teaching. And then I get to do that in church. And I'm like, you know, super proud of it. I feel like I'm doing everything right. And it's like you share those things with your family sometimes. And it's like there's like okay and then it's like you hear it like them tell like your sibling tell them something else and then they're like oh that's amazing and it's like man where is that like mm-hmm. you just so badly want that like almost like approval like not that you need it but it's like 
mm-hmm. these are good things like why don't why don't you think they're good either mm-hmm. um so even sometimes it makes it hard to want to share those two with them like yeah. there's yeah. things that i'm like mm, i guess i'm not gonna tell like i'll put it on facebook maybe they'll see it there but i'm not gonna go out of my way to mention it because mm-hmm. you almost don't want the you don't want that like kind of rejection type feeling to come about yeah and that's exactly what i was gonna say with that is you tend not to even talk about things you tend not to want to because of the same because you get the same response over and over again to even want to talk about what god's doing in your marriage talk about what god's doing in your life um like i know and you were a little bit scared to even tell your parents that you're now going to be working at the church Mm -hmm. and not teaching for a lot of different reasons um, and I know that was a huge piece, but, um, you know, just just not being able to share those things with, with your family, you know, the people who's, who raised you and, and loved you and, and do those things, um, you start to feel distance. Mm-hmm. You start not to want to conversate as much or, and all those things. So, you know, I know um, for me, at least looking into to yours and, and even part of mine um, with on my uh, dad's side, uh, the conversations seem short. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend not to talk about very deep things anymore. Yeah, you avoid those topics that you know are going to cause conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, uh, especially, um, you know, that a lot of your ideas, the way that you think is, are going to be completely different, mm-hmm. and you know that's just going to stir up conflict. It's going to stir up arguments. So then you're left with, you know, what do I do? Um you know, do I never talk to my family again? Do I, do I only say, you know, the things that are worldly and don't talk about the godly things? But then I think you deny a part of yourself, um, a part of the thing that, that God has done, mm-hmm. um, the main part of yourself if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, when you're not able to talk about the wonderful things that he's doing in your life, um, it tends not to, I guess in, in the way that I look at it a lot of times, Everything else seems minimal when you can't talk about the one main thing in your life, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that can be difficult, but you know, there's a lot of ways that I know it affects our, our family. Um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, like the conversations are short. Um, you know, we've had heated arguments at times. Yeah. Um, about lots of different things, but how do you think that it's affect affected? our family um it's i would describe it like a roller coaster so you have those moments where things are great you're like you're at the top you're like okay like we're getting along you kind of feel like you could invite them to church and like it might go okay like you know you feel like you can mention things a little bit more freely and you know like things are just good and and i feel like that's kind of really where we are right now like i feel like things have been really good with our family Um, but then there's also those downs, like it's just a constant up and down and like something comes up and something gets said and because of just our beliefs being so different from our family, it's easy for them to be like, oh, well, you're only saying that because of church or, um, well, you know, this isn't like how we believe, like that's not okay. And so then it just puts everything like in a very low place and, it makes communication hard and like you kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, then it starts to work its way back up. So it's always changing, um, which um, can sometimes be tiring. (laughs) But 
it's still good because it's having those good moments like it's really just encouraging like lately I've been so encouraged just where things are having that that good good place where I'm like okay we're talking again like we're having these conversations um I feel like I can tell him about my job and it's gonna be okay like I don't feel scared to tell him anymore Mm -hmm. um so yeah but I mean there's always still the hard things I mean my family in particular has a lot of um more liberal views I guess if you'd have to give it a label (laughs) um and I have a lot of family members who identify um with the LGBTQ plus I I'm Mm -hmm. sure I'm missing letters there um and just trying to navigate that as a Christian Mm -hmm. is really hard because like they're your family you want to love them um but it's like trying to find that balance of loving them but not um kind of sacrificing your beliefs either and not just being like okay well when i'm around them i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. like say these things when like that's not who i am and luckily like some of my family in that boat understands and it's okay others it's a little bit harder to Mm -hmm. kind of navigate that situation so yeah and i know you know there's i'll I'll talk about at least this moment and and you can talk about it Mm -hmm. because i think it affects you more than me um is because you're typically the one that invites your family you're typically the one that invites your grandparents or your your mom or your dad or or Mm -hmm. your sister or your brother to church and you get the constant no you get the constant you know maybe next week or the constant Mm -hmm. you know um just too busy or or all these different things um, how how do you deal with that? So if you continue to to keep getting no's and keep and I know we'll talk about it a little bit later too <laughs> with just being persistent, but um, it's gotta affect you in a way that's not good. Oh yeah, I mean, like I mean, you've experienced it too. Where there's just days where I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like you keep like hitting this wall, and it's there's days where I'm like, why do I even bother? Yeah. Like there's sometimes you just want to give up. Um, but it's this idea that I love them so much that like, I know that like, you know, there's heaven and hell. And I know that at this point, like if somehow we all die today, like I'm going to heaven and more than likely all of my family that like I'm super close with isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a scary thought. And, um, like trying to convey that to them, like they don't understand that idea. So to them, it's it doesn't have the same weight. Um, so when like they constantly you know, I'm just like, why don't they understand? Like, um, like this is so important. And even just with the just regular impacts it's had in my life, I'm like, how do they not see that like God isn't a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. And so when they're constantly saying no, like there's a lot of times where I just want to give up because I'm like, this is getting nowhere. I was like, maybe, maybe I've just done all I can do. Like maybe somebody else needs to come in, but like, mm-hmm. I might be the only Christian that they run into like constantly. So it can be hard. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it definitely is. Cause I've seen it, you know, just in our own family, um, you know, just, and I can imagine for anybody, you know, like you said, you know, that, you know, that there's an eternity and you know, without Jesus Christ, 
you know, you're you're gonna fall short because we mm-hmm. we all fall fall short. And, and the only reason that some of us are are getting into heaven and some of us aren't is because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And and all that Jesus Christ does is is offer the gift of salvation. It's nothing you work for. It's nothing you you toil for. Nothing like that. It's just I want this. Jesus has died for it. Or di- you know, paid the price so that I can have it. And it's only by grace. Um, and you so badly want your family to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know not only the impact that it's done in your own life, but what it can do for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, I, I always forget who it is. I think it's Spurgeon, but there's a quote. Um, and I don't have it pulled up, but, but it goes something like the idea of, um, if I'm going to be the, if, if people are going to be rushing into hell, I need to be the one who tries to stand in the gap. I need to be the one who who pulls them at the knees or um, pleads with them or begs them or or whatever it might be so that they don't go there. And I think that's the 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 view of anything that we do when we're talking about our family is is their eternity secure? Mm-hmm. All the other stuff falls into place. The ideas, the the politics. Um, a person doesn't change those and then come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. They come to Jesus, and then those things tend to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know my my worldview has completely been flipped upside down. The oh, things 100%. I used to think were okay, I know aren't okay, and the things that um, I you know thought were wrong but aren't wrong, and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like I said, that's the the viewpoint, especially um, in our own family, is. You want them so badly to have salvation. You pray every single day that they would come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then you keep getting no. Mm-hmm. And you keep getting not yet. Or you keep getting, you know, maybe maybe next month or maybe mm-hmm. next week or all these different things. And it tends to do a toil on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, your spiritual body and your physical body. Because... You come, become so exhausted because mm-hmm. you keep asking, you keep asking, you keep asking, um, and you keep getting the nose, and you like you said, you just want to quit. Mm-hmm. You just want to give up. Um, it's not worth it anymore. You hope maybe somebody else comes in. And it's so easy, I think, to, to say that, but then you always look back. That's my family. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a drive, obviously, to, to keep going. Um, but I know there's a lot of things that, that we do, um, so that we don't quit. Mm -hmm. So we don't can, you know, decide to quit. And I know I've shared a story uh, about my mom, um, before on this podcast, but I'll share it again because you never (laughs) know who's, who's listening, um, or watching. Um, you know, mom got sick and we had a mission team come up and I had prayed for eight years um, fairly consistently, um, that mom would come to a relationship, and um, I tried talking to her before about about Christ and what she thought and and all those different things, and um, you know she uh, she got sick, and then like this mission team come up, and there's two ladies who were so persistent, they're so mm-hmm. excited, and they heard the story about my mom because I had done a Bible study, and I had asked prayer for it when we did prayer requests and they asked me they asked me if uh if they could go see her if she'd be okay with that so I said well let me ask and mom said that she would be okay with it 
and uh, these ladies were getting ready to go, and then mom texted me or something like that and said that she didn't want them to come over. Well, these ladies were so persistent that they said, well, you know, if we dropped a goodie bag off or, or something like that, would you be okay with that? And I said, well, I know my mom. And I said, I know if you go knock on her door and you give her something, like a scooty bang, she's probably going to invite you in anyways. <laughs> so I said, go ahead and do it. So she might be mad at me um, in the <laughs> long run. But I remember they called me, um, and they gave me one of the greatest news I've ever heard, which is that, you know, she had come to, to a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a huge reassurance piece for me not only with my own family but then mm-hmm. also with your family mm-hmm. is that if God could do something so crazy like two ladies from Florida would come up um, who I ne- didn't know um, and share the gospel and that would be the moment that that mom was pulled um, you know I know he can do that for anybody else mm-hmm. and I know that you know I know a lot of people will say well God knows what I want or God knows you know the prayer I don't have to keep Mm-hmm. saying it. and that's true to to a certain point but i think it shows how much you want it how mm-hmm. much you need it um when you continue to pray and when you pray for for eight years for something um god hears every time that you pray yeah um and i know that's what we do a lot with your family is we as we pray sometimes we pray at the altar mm-hmm. um so i know you you pray a lot on your own yeah um and i pray a lot on my own for them that they would would just start thinking about God a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just salvation right off the bat. Yeah. Just pray that they'd step into the church building. Yeah, honestly, at this point, a lot of my prayers just, just let them say yes to coming. Mm-hmm. Like, even something that simple, like, is a huge step. Mm-hmm. And just with, like, how long it's been and just the effort. Like, just even seeing that, because, like, my parents are the, the type of people who are, like, the church building's going to fall down if I walk in. So it's, like, if they step into the church, like, you know it's a big deal. So that's that's been a big one lately. Mm-hmm. Like, just let them say yes to coming just one time. Yeah, and, and you just want to hear that for anything, not not just salvation, but mm-hmm. just for, for any little piece of, of evidence that they might be thinking about mm-hmm. God. Uh, just a little bit more and you know like I you know I, I get to share you know that's just an amazing testimony persistence is what in prayer is always an amazing testimony and and um, you know that's a huge 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 piece um, but can you think anything else that that we do for, you know what we do um, to can you continue not to quit to not mm-hmm. to give up yeah I think one of them too is just continuing to invite them even though like there's been so much rejection like I think I invite my grandparents probably every single time that you have a a preaching date every time it comes on the calendar I'm like okay I was like part of it's like all right I know that they maybe don't want to come to church but maybe they'll come because they want to support you Mm -hmm. so I was like anytime your preaching dates come out I'm like okay and I'll send the text messages and I'm like okay um and even if there's that no i'm like okay next time i'm still gonna do it um because you never know like when that time is gonna come where they're like yeah i'm going to so Mm -hmm. i just constantly sending those invites through text message (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so like i said we're going to talk about persistence and you know persistence is the key to a lot of different things for for not just what you know for your family to believe or mm-hmm. or those types of things um but persistence is the key for 
a, a huge amount of things yes. in your prayer life. You need to continue to pray over and over again um, for whatever it might be, whether that's healing, whether that's, you know, financial things, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that's something that you need to continue to pray for um, without ceasing, that's mm-hmm. what the Bible says. Um, so there's a story that I like a lot, um, and eventually I'll do a message on it. Um, but it's just a short little story. It's in Luke uh, Luke 19, um, and it's the story about Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector, and um, people didn't like tax collectors. <laughs> For one, they make sure they mention that in those passages too. Yeah. Usually, um, they 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 definitely didn't like tax collectors, and I would say just about everybody now doesn't really like tax collectors <laughs> either. So, tax collectors tend to get a bad rap um, when it comes to the Bible and <laughs> how we live now. But um, so, uh, verse one says uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was, a, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree and uh, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here now yeah, turn the page. <laughs> here now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So to me that story right there is <clears throat> The definition of persistence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, so Savannah, what do you think about that story and, and how that applies to our situation? I just think it, I mean, like, even with that and, like, with him being a tax, tax collector, I mean, like, at that time, people were probably like, ah, oh, like, they don't even deserve it, you know? Um, and I think it just reminds me that, like, everybody is worthy of salvation, um, even when, like, people like my family where I feel like sometimes they seem so far away from it that Mm -hmm. there's still that hope um and that as long as we continue um to pray for them and kind of be that light in their life that there's still there's still that hope there's still Mm -hmm. a possibility yeah and and I think you use the word perfectly and that's hope Mm mm-hmm um, with this story, you have Zacchaeus. He heard about what Jesus, who Jesus is, and you know, I'm sure what he can do, and and and, and all those things. Um, that and he was short, is what the Bible says, <laughs> and he wanted to see Jesus with mm-hmm. everything that he had. Um, you don't, and I know that because you don't climb up a tree for somebody yeah. you don't know who can do an amazing thing, mm-hmm. or or for hope, or for your last chance, or whatever it might be. Um, and he climbed up this tree to just get a glimpse, and, and Jesus calls to him um, out of that tree, and he's saved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and his life has changed. We see it even in that very moment, his life has changed because he says if he's done anything wrong or, or all those things, he'll he'll repay it back. He'll give back four mm-hmm. times anything that he had ever uh, taken from anybody. Um, and and Jesus says that you know he 
comes to seek and save the lost. Um, and that, that's always got to be the forefront. With whatever we do in our marriage, in mm-hmm. our relationship, that always has to be the forefront is the hope that Jesus Christ offers, not only mm-hmm. to our family, you know, hopefully um, somewhere down the road, um, we keep continuing to pray that that will happen. But with whatever we do in life, that's always the forefront, that we would be like Zacchaeus and would climb the tree and, you know, do the hard things just so that people might have a glimpse um, mm-hmm. of who Jesus is. And there's another story in the Bible that I think also applies. You got a guy who can't walk <laughs> um, and he's got some friends um, and uh, Jesus is meeting in this home and they they put this man on a mat and all four of his friends take him up and take him up to this roof and lower him down so that he can get right to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge persistence and urgency on their part mm-hmm. that they would go out of their way, do something that's not easy, continue to do probably something that's not easy mm-hmm. just so that their friend might have a healing from Christ. And I think that has to be the key to how we deal with my side of the family and also your side mm-hmm. of the family to those who don't believe. Because if we just give up, like you said, you might be the only Christian mm-hmm. that they ever come in contact, the only person who ever might even talk about who Jesus is or the importance of it or a different worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've talked about on this podcast before the idea that um, you know we tend to just watch and listen to things that we believe anyways. So um, it's always good to add a Jesus perspective in all things, mm-hmm. even to those who might not ever want to hear it, to those who deny it, to those who who um, hate it. Um, you have to be willing to do that. And if you give up, then you can almost just about bet, unless, unless God does something amazing, um, but then that's not your testimony anymore after that point. Um, and, and, you know, if you just give up, you, you can't expect them mm-hmm. to ever come Um, and i think what's so important with the two stories that you shared specifically is it shows that with with this whole um dynamic that it's being persistent in prayer but also like there's action involved like i mean you have to you have to seek them seek Mm -hmm. to have those conversations with them to invite them um of course like i mean god can do anything you i mean you can't limit him so of course, like there's those moments where you can just pray for years and things might happen, but it also takes like work on our parts. Like you having that conversation in your small group led to those mm-hmm. ladies going and those ladies had to like make that effort to go to your mom. Mm-hmm. Like I Absolutely. have to make that effort to invite my family to come to church. Um, so it really just shows that um, it's not just persistence in prayer, but also... Um, just also through action. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and um, you can you can say a lot of things, you can hope a lot of things, but mm-hmm. if you don't ever put those into action, you can just about bet that none of them will come to light. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge piece. And um, is there are times that it's hard. Mm-hmm. There's the times that you know it's like, man, it's like I don't want to go to the family <laughs> thing. And um, you know, I I uh, mentioned to a guy here at the church. Who was, I think he was joking, me, but um, so if he's listened to this, know that I knew that you were probably. It was a joking. joke. <laughs> but it's the same idea, and I know people think this way. 
um, is, man, I don't really want to go to my mother-in-law's house. <laughs> I don't really want to go to this holiday thing or this family thing. And I thought that in the beginning. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, you don't, like, we don't think, they, we don't think the same things. They mm-hmm. talk about different things. I was like, I just don't really want to go. And there was a moment, I never expected it, where your grandmother uh, asked me to pray. Family that doesn't pray. Yeah. You know, most of them don't believe in God at I all. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, but they asked me uh, to pray, and, you know, I prayed and got to share the gospel and the prayer, like mm-hmm. I typically always do, um, because that's the key, or the hope of all those times I pray at the holiday things is that someone might ask me a question, you know, why do you go to church? Why mm-hmm. do you believe this? Why? See, that's the thing, you know, they don't even tend to want to ask those questions mm-hmm. yet but i know there will be a moment oh, where yeah. those questions come up you know why do you spend why do you every sunday do you go yeah you know, we've seen you for years now go and we thought you would give up we did we thought you would start to slack and, and not mm-hmm. go anymore and and do that because i'm sure that's what they had thought at mm-hmm. first um but so why do you do it why is it so important you know why do you believe the Bible is true. Why do you mm-hmm. believe Jesus? Um, if you believe in Jesus, you'll be saved and mm-hmm. you'll go to this thing called heaven. You mm-hmm. know, what's up with heaven? Yeah. Now, these are the questions I want to be asked mm-hmm. um, because I'll always point to how Jesus has radically changed the world and radically changed mm-hmm. my own life. Um, and, I, and that's what I hope, but that's what I mentioned to this guy is the fact that I said, I said, I said, you know, so don't say that. I said, because you just might miss out on a huge opportunity mm-hmm. to share the gospel at these things. And then I told him that story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, you know, that's a huge piece. And I know there's been a lot of other things. Um, and I know you have some of them mm-hmm. uh, written down. Um, but I know, like, that is a huge blessing for myself, at least, mm-hmm. when it comes to your side, to be able to, at Thanksgiving pray or christmas or whatever mm-hmm. whatever holiday it is yeah um that i would get to to just talk to god in front of everybody mm-hmm. like that's just a blessing to me yeah I know this topic is is such a hard one and even i was like a little like i don't know about this <laughs> but it's like it's so easy to make it so doom and gloom but, but like there's those small glimmers of hope like you said with with getting asked to pray at um these family functions like when my grandma asked you, I don't even think I was there. Like I'm pretty sure she asked you when I was doing something else. So I didn't even know about it until you were going to pray. Mm-hmm. And it just like I literally stood there just kind of shocked for a second because I was like, I never in a million years would have dreamed that that would happen. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's just a one time thing because, you know, like they know that you're a pastor now. But like even this year they asked for Thanksgiving and Christmas and it's just like, those those moments or even um we've gotten into disc golf i don't know if you talk about disc golf on this podcast at all but i mean we play all the time and my dad's super big into it so we've gotten to spend more time with him and Mm -hmm. um talk to him about like tournament stuff and with our ministries he even talked to us about the idea of the winter tournaments are often like charity based and he was like, well, how about we do ours for your guys' meal ministry? And it's like, it's not quite the church, but it like it's the step in that right direction where, you know, if it had been a couple years ago, I don't know 
like it might have happened but like i feel like the chances would have been smaller Mm -hmm. but seeing him like kind of taking that interest and being like you know we we're gonna do this thing and like let's do it to help something that you guys are like passionate about um really just like shows me that um it's paying off a little bit Mm -hmm. it's like giving those little moments of god being like hey like all your time in prayer all those invites like it's worth it because like Mm -hmm. you can hit those moments where you're like i don't know god like are you sure you want me to send them another invite (laughs) but (laughs) yeah because then there's moments where you feel like you're almost being too pushy yeah you're like they're probably sick of me texting them (laughs) um and i I don't think there's anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. in my own personal opinion they might not think that obviously um but i think that's a huge piece um because i i believe that there'll be a moment um, will they at least think mm-hmm. if you had stopped, if you stop inviting them, you know, however many times that you invite them, um, there will there'll be a moment of thinking because I do it all the time. Um, man, I, man, I sure miss those messages, even though I never went mm-hmm. or, or cared about what it was. Um, I don't get those anymore mm-hmm. um, or, or anything like that. And I do think there'll be a moment um, if that were to ever stop that they would at least think about, oh, wait, you know, I haven't been invited to Savannah's church in yeah. forever or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think, all, like, the biggest one for me, too, was last year. Um, this kind of, like, lit that fire again where I was like, okay, like, I can do this. Um, I had invited my grandparents. You were preaching. I don't I don't know what month. I couldn't tell you. I just know it was last year. And I sent them a text, and I was like, hey, like, I'm pretty sure I was like, I know I text you guys a lot about this, but, you know, Phil's preaching this day, like, church starts at this time, like, we would love to have you come, um, I think, like, it would mean a lot to Phil if you guys were there, um, and they actually came, mm-hmm. and when she texted me that they would think about it, I was like, okay, but, like, I kind of was like, you know, they'll probably not come, but then she started being like, you know, what, like, what should I wear? Does it matter? And I was like, oh, no, like, you can, you can dress in jeans if you want, like, be as comfortable as you want. And then I assumed it was just going to be my grandma. Um, she had come for your ordination and mm-hmm. stuff, but I, my grandpa had it. And so I was like, it's probably just going to be my grandma, but that was still a big deal. Um, but then that morning, her and my grandpa came. And honestly, like, probably like one of the best days of my life. Like, I was so excited. Um, I remember telling you, like, the whole, like, my whole worship experience was even, like, so much better that day. I just, like, I don't know. I just felt so, like, Mm -hmm. so much joy and, like, excitement for them being there. And I was, like, I was, like, yes. I was, like, finally, they're here. Like, um, and it was one of those, like, you could kind of tell they felt a little bit out of place because, you know, it's it's different and there's songs that they don't know necessarily, but just having them there and getting to sit beside them um, was such an amazing experience because like you see all the other families in church that get to do that and you're like, man. <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going to say about that. Is there's, there's just something missing a lot of times when you don't have your, your, your family mm-hmm. beside you in church. Yeah. Um, you feel alone. You, you feel like you're the only one. Um, and then when your family does come, there's just something about it that, that fuels your worship or fuels, 
um, your desire um, for God even just a little bit more, that extra push. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that a lot of people don't understand that, um, you know, not to any other fault of their own. Um, Because, you you know, if they have family, that's awesome. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what you want. Um, yeah. to have your whole family you don't want anybody not to be there mm-hmm. um, but then those who are by themselves mm-hmm. um, you know who maybe it's that teenager you know just sitting there with the youth group or um, whatever it might be or mm-hmm. the 20 year old or the 30 year old or even a 50 year old um, mm-hmm. who's all by themselves they're the only believer in their family um, and they feel all alone and I think the important thing to know is hopefully if, if maybe, you know, you're one of those people, um, at least the, the one way that I was able to do that is know that God was always with me. Yeah. That it didn't matter if if my family wasn't there or whoever, um, that God was always going to be with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to walk a lot, you know, here <laughs> in town, you know, back and forth to church. Um, and I always wondered, you know, what it would be like if my family were to come. Not only for the immediate benefit of not <laughs> not <walking>. having to walk, <laughs> but the the joy of the love that the church gave me, mm-hmm. and how much it made me feel like a part of a family. Mm-hmm. How much more that you know my family could feel that same thing, and that you'd be a family because you are yeah. a family no matter what anybody believes. You're still mm-hmm. family, um, and you still love them. You still care for them. But to get to, to come to one mind and one accord like you do with the church mm-hmm. about Christ um, is a whole nother dynamic. Um, yeah. It's a whole nother blessing. And I think maybe we take for granted a lot of times in the church, those who, who have their families here, mm-hmm. um, just how much of a blessing God has allowed you to have um, in the church that not everybody partakes in. But, but just to know that you know, when, when you got your mom or your dad and your brothers and sisters there, know that there's no greater place that they could be than right in the church mm-hmm. house with you. And we're yeah. no better place that you could ever be than, than in the church house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, I know there's there's moments where it's hard and we keep working it. We keep toiling the ground. <laughs> um, we keep laboring like what the Bible says. Um, and we try our best not to give up. Now, there's yeah. definitely moments where it's like, man... Do, like you said do do we even invite them this week yeah does it even matter um would they even listen because um, they are very much like people who would say the church would catch on fire <laughs> and, um i had a guy here in church told me the funniest thing i thought that he told somebody when they said that to them is that that we have fire extinguishers <laughs> yeah i should try that yeah. one sometime <laughs> yeah, yeah i never heard that before yeah because we do have fire extinguishers we do so we'll be able to put We're you prepared out. yeah I mean, or if anything, maybe we'll get a good insurance claim. Then we can fix all the other problems that are going on. So, you know, what I I guess missed my final thought for this whole episode. Because this personal episode, Mm -hmm. um, but I know there's some people who are dealing with the same things, thinking about the same things. Maybe you have, you know, your husband and your kids, but your dad Mm -hmm. isn't here. Or your mom's not here. Yeah. Or your siblings. Maybe you haven't talked to them in years because, you know, if you talk to them, they're going to be, they, they just won't ever want to hear from you because you believe in God or you mm-hmm. go to church or, or all those things. Um, so my final thought would be that God is doing more than what you can see. Mm-hmm. God is always doing more than what we can see. Um, and we have to know that. 
because um, when you do know that and when you understand that he's doing more than what you can can see, you tend to rely on him just a little bit more. You tend mm-hmm. to trust him just a little bit more with whatever situation you have. You tend to become more content about what's going on. Um, those times where they laugh at the things that you believe in or, or think they're stupid or all those things tend not to hurt as much when mm-hmm. you understand that God's doing more than what you can see. Yeah. Um, so, so Savannah, what would you, what would your, what would your final thoughts be uh, for this episode? Um, I think just, we've said it multiple times, it's so easy to sometimes get discouraged when it comes to your family because you love them just so much. So it just, it takes more of a toll on you than maybe just the person down the street. Um, but I think taking the moment to just sit down and kind of see, okay, what has God done so far? Mm-hmm. Like when when we were just talking about this episode, I told you, I said, at first I was like, this it's going to be a lot of negative things. I was like, and I don't want it to be, but like, I just feel like it's going to lean more that way. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, man, like there have been so many moments, like just those little glimmers that God has provided being like, hey, like mm-hmm. what you're doing is worth it. Um, to like still to just give you that hope. So I feel like if you're really feeling discouraged, just like take a moment to sit down and think, okay, where were we two years ago, Mm -hmm. three years ago, five years ago? Like what has happened? Like what has God done in that time in that relationship? Because you'll start to see just like the way that God moves, that he's probably done these little things here and there that Mm -hmm. you maybe missed, but were those little moments of like, hey, like, it's starting to work, and, mm-hmm. like, it's still going to take some time, but, like, keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that will really help you just continue to keep pushing forward and, and to keep asking and to keep praying, even when it might seem hopeless in the moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So our weekly verse is Revelation 3.20, which says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Um, amazing verse. Uh, so um, that ends our episode for this week if you'd like to like and subscribe this episode if you like this episode you can share it on facebook wherever it might be that would be a huge blessing to us if you'd like to leave a comment or a request you can do that down below in the video or you can email us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com and thank you for listening to kingdom faith you gotta say adios do I? Yeah, that's what Phil does. So. I, I'm not Phil, sorry. Say adios. Bye. <laughs>